right? Mm. Anybody, anybody can work hard when they're supposed to work hard, right? Anybody can work hard when the coach is watching. Anybody can work hard when you're supposed to go to practice. That's not the hard part. I don't, I don't find that people have an issue with that part. But the issue is, can you do that same hard work away from the track? Meaning, can you get enough sleep? Can you not party when you're supposed to be recovering? Do you have the discipline to eat your vegetables? Do you have the wherewithal to make sure that you're mentally strong enough to endure the whole season? Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Conversation with Harpreet. Listen, guys, I'm so much excited and grateful because the guests I have today, I never expected to come on my show. Like, I'm so much grateful for him to be on the show and share his journey and his knowledge. So please, like, welcome with me, Akeem Haynes, the Olympic medalist who represented Canada on the international level. Welcome to the show, brother Akeem. It's a pleasure to be here, man. I'm looking forward to the conversation that we're going to have today, man. Man, like I'm so much excited because the, this is the first time I have an athlete on the show. And this is the first time, again, like it's going to be an episode where listeners can learn what's the Venus mentality. What athletes, what Venus do, separate, like are different from the crowd and what makes them different. What makes them ahead on the, in the race. So again, like this episode is, I'm so much looking forward for it, brother. Hey man, hopefully, hopefully I do my fellow athletes justice. <laughs> oh man, I'm sure, I'm sure. So before we start, Akeem, like, could, could you share a little bit more about yourself, about your childhood? Like, when was the time you fell in love with these sports? Yeah, man, so originally born in Jamaica, uh, came to Canada in 1998, came to Yellowknife first, and then made my way to Calgary. Started playing soccer in Yellowknife in high school. Um, you know, Yellowknife is one of those places where uh, there's not too many people, but when the community gravitates towards something, it becomes a big deal. And up there, it was soccer, right? So, you know, I remember every summer, uh, there, we would have this, this big thing, and it would last all summer called basically the World Cup, right? And so it would be every single person who plays soccer, uh, you would be drafted to play for team brazil or team jamaica or team canada and it was such ex it was so exciting because it was kind of like you were creating an environment even though you weren't you know uh there in a different country you could create that same feeling there right so it always feels good to be a part of a team atmosphere but what was interesting about it was the whole community would come out right and you were cheering for your team and you wouldn't cheer for any other team so it was from there that I started playing soccer. And then once I came to Calgary, I started doing other things like uh, football and I started running track and field. And I didn't take track and field seriously probably until high school. You know, I wanted to play football through and through, but um, I wouldn't say track was my first love. Um, oh. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say track is my second or third love. I'd probably say uh, it's probably about fourth or fifth sport that I enjoy doing, but um, you know, Sometimes, man, when you have people who have walked more time on this planet than you and they share some advice, mm -hmm. I had a coach, a mentor, one of my good friends to this day, he said, you know, Akeem, man, if, 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 if you really stick to this, you can always come back and play football. But, man, you have an opportunity here to be one of the best in Canada, one of the best in the world. If you just focus here, you can come back to the rest later. 
And so I respected his word. I admired his word. He's always been good to me. And so I kind of stayed locked into track and field and kind of, man, the rest, the rest kind of became history. Man, man, like I was surprised. I thought like you always was into the, into racing, but you said like, it's like a kind of third or fourth club, but when was it like you knew, like you can run fast or it, it was like, or you think like the coach came in, in your world and he, he so that no like this guy can really run fast or you or it, it was like you already knew it man i'm 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 a person who you know i don't need much to get motivated to get going right mm-hmm. because i'm a i'm a work ethic guy right so i knew that my speed was much different than most people when i was you know playing football right i realized i'm like man i'm breaking away from the competition here you know and then once you get on the track you know you can kind of see some more details toward that right? So I just started to see, you know, God gave me a little bit more talent in this area than he did some other people. I said, I got to nurture this, right? So you always know when you are different. You always know when something feels different. It's just up to you to kind of answer that call and to not let your ego surpass your humility, right? So for me, I knew I had something But I said, man, I wonder what else and how good I can get this if I really put my focus into it. So I just started doing the extra work, the extra work that nobody saw, going to uh, going to the fields late at night when it was dark and working out, you know, coming home and doing push-ups and doing sit-ups and getting my body right and doing all of these different things that allowed me to excel what seemed at a quicker rate than most people. But in reality, man, I was just doing what other people weren't doing. Right. And so that's that's kind of when I knew I started knowing high school. I was like, man, you know, I'm starting to run some good times here. And then when I saw a time on the clock that put me number one in North America, I said, okay, okay, this 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 may be an avenue here I can I can take. Oh man, man. Really wonderful. You're talking about work ethic, man. Could you like tell me more? Like, is it really like i i listen so many times like work ethics makes you different if you have a talent in, include your work ethic you can put yourself ahead in the race but tell me a little bit more stories about your work ethics like what you did compared to your other contestants other like participants what you did and what makes you different from them yeah man you know i think the older that i got throughout my time you know high school your talent speaks volume Right. If you're a talented person, you know, your times will show um, you'll 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 show in your particular sport. But the older that you get in different levels, you have to not rely on your talents so much. Right. Mm-hmm. When I got to when I got to university, I realized that the same talent that I had 50 other kids that have the same thing. Wow. Right. So everybody's fast. Everybody can jump high. Everybody can throw far. So I learned early. I had to separate myself by doing the small things, right? Mm. Anybody, anybody can work hard when they're supposed to work hard, right? Anybody can work hard when the coach is watching. Anybody can work hard when you're supposed to go to practice. That's not the hard part. I don't, I don't find that people have an issue with that part, but the issue is, can you do that same hard work away from the track? Meaning, can you get enough sleep? Can you, not party when you're supposed to be recovering do you have the discipline to eat your vegetables do you have the wear and thaw to make sure that you're mentally strong enough to endure the whole season 
of the sport because in anything in life you're going to have some ups you're going to have some downs and you're going to have some ups you're going to have some downs but you got to not get too low that you miss the progression throughout the season right so for me man some of the stories um you know i would always make sure that i was eating my vegetables i had vegetables with every meal because how you how you uh your nutrition plays a big role in how you recover you know when i was in when i was in school um every every saturday if i wasn't competing i would go to the track and i would work on my drills right i would work on my mechanics work on my techniques i'm just like man you know i raced i didn't race the best last week why was that ah oh, man you got to work a little bit on your mechanics get your hips stronger do a little bit more rehab you know i would go i would watch a little bit of film to see what i liked about my race what i didn't like i would go and ask my coach and my coach you know what what did you see that i was missing we would go back yeah. and re and we would rework certain things so man for me that was the defining factor that allowed me to be successful in the pros because once you get to a certain level the small things is really what's going to sustain you down the road once your talent once everybody realizes that you have the same talent <laughs> uh-huh. and now we're like talking about talent like i know like i have read it somewhere correct me if i'm wrong but i read it like uh, hard work always beats talent when talent stop working hard man yes. like tell me how much talent signifies in winning compared to just putting your all efforts putting your all hard work yeah you know i think i think some things come naturally to some people right you know like i knew early that that i was going to be at a disadvantage in certain areas you know i wasn't the tallest sprinter i wasn't the tallest guy i didn't have the longest strides there were some things that i didn't have that other people had so i said man i know for a fact that a person who is talented their ego if it's not checked is going to get to a level where they stop doing those things that helped them get there right so i said to myself i said okay i may not be the most talented person out there but i'm going to be humble enough to continue to do the same things consistently day over day week over week month over month year after year eventually where i lacked in talent my work ethic and discipline will balance me out right so it is very true once a talented person consistently starts to work hard and once they 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 find what works for them and they're consistent at it it's tough to beat right but that doesn't mean that you can't do everything in your power to even that playing field you just got to feed into your path your lane your vision and be the best that you can be you can't worry about what anybody else is doing or who is more talented someone's always going to be more talented someone's yeah. always going to be faster but what is in your possession right now with this very moment that will help you separate from the pack get you in the middle of the pack and to be the best that you can be man you mentioned like you mentioned and i'm so much excited because you mentioned that there's someone always better than you always faster than you but you think like athletes compare themselves to the others or you think like the best athletes just think on their self like how they can improve themselves did you compare yourself with others like in your journey i think it's a bit of both right because i think deep down you're always looking to see who's who's who where's where always looking to see how your times compare mm-hmm. and i think it's good to do that to see where you're at it's a good gauge right but i think you got to use it as inspiration 
and use it as motivation and not discouragement and not get too down that rabbit hole where you start to say, man, they're running so much better than me. I'm running this time. I'm never going to get there. No, you can't, you can't think like that. So you got to be careful of that. So I think, I think for me, I would always know who was running well, mm -hmm. right? But I wouldn't put too much into who was running well at the same time. I would say, okay, wow, you know, this person's running well, this person's running well, this person's running well. I'm like, man, but that always showed me it's going to be a fast year. I'm excited about a fast year. I'm like, if they're running well, they're running well, they're running well. I said, when I get into this race, I'm going to run well too. Right. So I never used it as something that was discouraging. I said, man, I got to elevate my game if I'm going to be able to compete with these guys. So I used it as motivation, inspiration, something that got me going. Not that I was motivated by what they were doing per se, but I was like, man, if they're running well, oh man, once I get in that race, I have to run well. Otherwise I'm not going to be able to compete. Mm -hmm. So I have to run well. So I used it as a gauging to see what the year was going to look like and where I needed to be. And I had to let my work ethic match. Man, like you really ran well. Like you compete, you compete in Olympics, you represent Canada, like on the international level. But tell me like, now I want to step in and want to understand your mentality. You know, like in that moment, in the Olympic event, you know, like next minute is gonna be so much important. Yeah. And then you also know that one of the contestants is like legend there in all sports world, like the Usain Bolt. Did you like feel excited to compete against the against Usain Bolt? Or did you feel like scared? But but what's the athlete feel like when you know like there's some guy like who's really looking for a win? And yeah, you, like you're looking for a win as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think I think once you get to a certain level, man. I'll say this, it's like a big poker game, right? Because everybody's nervous, mm. right? Because I think nerves is a good thing. If you aren't nervous about doing something that you enjoy doing or passionate about or love to do, you don't really care that much, okay. right? You got to be able to nurture the nerves, right? It means you're alive. It means you're excited. It means that like you care about this thing. And so at the games, everybody's feeling that way, but it's the one who is able to keep their composure. Right. So the thing about the Olympic Games, man, is, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, people see all of these sprinters and these athletes, these jumpers and all these athletes coming together. But in reality, we competed against those guys probably a month, a month ago, right? Two months ago, yeah. we, we compete against them throughout the years. So it's really nothing new. The only thing that changes the stage, right? The stage is this big glamorous thing, but we already raced those guys. So when you get to the games, you know, I was never, I was never thinking about scared or who was in my race. I was thinking of if I want to advance and get to the final, I got to focus on me, right? Because one of the things that helps people and not helps people at the Olympic games is who is able to guard their focus. The Olympic games is so much going on, mm -hmm. right? You're going there, uh, you know, you have free food. McDonald's is open 24-7. It doesn't close. You have people coming in. Your, your family's coming in. They're calling you. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. I need some tickets. And you're like, I don't want to have to deal with the tickets right now. I'm trying to compete, right? So all of these things is the distractions of it. But you want to get to a point where you have to guard your focus and not get too distracted in the external things so you can internally dial in. So for me, man, 
every single thing that I did, I would just say, you know what? I just got to lock in for these next two weeks, just two weeks I got to lock in for and good things will happen if I can stay locked into these two weeks, man. But what helps most athletes at those big games and those pressure situations is the ability to guard your focus. Whoever guards their focus the best usually does well. Man, man, uh, you know, like, yeah, this is another perspective. Like, it's not like you competing with them, like for the first time, you you are competing there for a long time. But tell me about it. And I'm pretty sure like your fans already asked this question a lot of time. But tell me like what it feels like standing inside of Olympic Stadium when you know like thousands of people coming from different nations, cheering yeah. their uh, contestant, cheering their country. And you also know like on top of it, millions of eyes watching you on the television. Is it like a different pressure? Like tell me about it. You know, man, I think, you know, I think, I think that that pressure, the different pressure just comes from within yourself, right? Because you can feed so much into the hype, right? Because you're getting, you're getting all the text messages, people are messaging you on, on social media, you know, Twitter, Instagram, they're tagging you with stuff, right? And when you see that stuff, you know, you feel, you can feel pressure, right? Because you're like, man, everybody's watching, everybody's doing this, like you can feel those things. Um, but when you're going and standing at the stadium, man, um, I was there in 2012 and I was there in 2016, 2012. Um, I did not take a moment to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. 2016 I did. Right. So when I was going to my line, you know, I took a moment, I stepped back and I was looking around the stadium and I could see flags from everywhere. I could see you know, Jamaican flag. And I almost got too much into the Jamaican side because I'm dual citizen, right? So, but I'm running for Canada. So I got to stay focused on the Canadian side. But you see Jamaican flag, you see the American flag, you see the Swedish flag, you see the Indian flag, you see so many different countries, so many different things. Even though they're speaking a different language, they're all saying the same thing, Yeah. right? They're all cheering and it's loud. But I'll tell you this, Harpreet, man, it was... It should have seemed loud, but it was quiet. And I say that because you are so focused and so tapped in that you hear everything, but you don't hear everything. You hear your thoughts, right? You hear, you hear what you want to hear because I heard some Canadians saying, go Canada, like I heard that stuff. But when the gun, when I got to my line, I did my block start. And once I was ready to go, you got to shut all that off. And the only thing that you should hear is the gun. When the gun goes, you go, right? Even as loud as the stadium was, was and it was rocking, it was jumping, it was still quiet because you know you still had a job to do. And if you feed too much in the noise of the stadium at the wrong time, the results aren't gonna come. You gotta make sure you time it correctly. <laughs> well, I can't imagine like in those crowd, like if you start at a wrong time, oh, that would be like a whole different pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I remember uh, in the heats of the four by one, um, there was a, I forgot what country he was from. I want to say he was from Ecuador, but they had a team below us, right? And I remember getting in the blocks and looking over, doing a practice block starter, but walking back. And this Ecuadorian athlete, he was standing at the blocks, but he looked so nervous. Like his, like he just looked, he just looked like something was off 
And I looked him in the face and he looked down at me and I was like, man, you need to like calm your nerves. Like it's going to be okay. And we got in the blocks and the, uh, the starter said on your marks set. And then all of a sudden the sirens come on. Usually the sirens come on when something happened, like uh, like a false start. And I look over and the Ecuadorian athlete is ahead of me. And I was like, oh man, he false started, right? We finished the race, we got advanced to the finals. And when we were walking back to our tent, this Ecuadorian athlete was sitting on the steps in complete tears. And I felt so bad for him. But at the same time, you know, I'm still here to do my job, right? And I remember just putting my shoulder on him um, because I understood the feeling, right? You work so hard for this specific moment and then it doesn't go like how you thought it would, right? So it's so much good stories you hear about the Olympic Games, but there is so much of those stories as well, too. Oh, man. Why do you think, like, Akeem, so he didn't came out from the pressure, but what you suggest to the listeners, if you're, like, feeling so much pressure, what do you think, what should we do to not let, let the pressure win on us? Yeah, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think no matter what we do, no matter what profession, pressure is always going to be there and more times than not the most pressure that is there are the ones that we put on ourselves right so I think it's very important before you do anything that may seem pressure filled is to take a breath right and understand this wherever you focus that's where your mind is going to go rather than focusing on the pressure focus on the preparation and the trust that you put in to get you to that point when people get to a pressure situation, they fall in a trap of doing something different, right? Saw it all the time. You get to a certain pinnacle in sports and they, they get to this point and you may see someone who has never, who doesn't listen to music before they compete, right? Throughout their whole year, years before, they don't listen to any music. They're just there enjoying the moment. And then they get to a certain moment and they start putting in the music to try to block out the noise. But it's like, wait a minute, like in your routine, you never listen to music. You never do that. You aren't doing the thing that helped you get there, right? And because you aren't doing that thing that helped you get there and trusting that whole process, you're probably not going to perform well because you're doing something different, right? So in anything, whether it's a sport, whether you know, you're up for a, a promotion in your job, whether you're out for doing something entrepreneurial, whatever the case may be, Put more trust in your preparation and focus there in a pressure situation rather than getting there and doing something different. Just trust your preparation. Preparation, man. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Akeem, on that specific day in Olympics 2016, the Canada team make a national record. And I was actually checking for that, like, uh, one by four by hundred, like, relay race. The national record, like you made on that day, is still unbeaten. Like, tell me, Akeem, if someone, if some team from our country, like from Canada, broke that record, like today or tomorrow, what you would feel? Would you feel happy, sad, or proud? Like, what would feel like if if your record get broken? Well, I I hope that the time that they run is good enough to get them a medal, right? Because yeah. You know, Harpreet, man, records are meant to be broken. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we can get too attached to the record, right? So if someone breaks that time, 
I'm I'm going to be happy for them because you know <laughs> the 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 record that we broke before was held by Robert Esme, Glenroy Gilbert, um, Bruni Cern, and Donovan Bailey. Like their quartet was dominant, right? They 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 won gold. Like they had one of the fastest times to ever walk this planet, and almost more than a decade later you know my quartet of me to aaron brown to brendan rodney uh to andre de we also had shagun mckende on that team and baladi ajamale our sixth group of guys went on to do something special and we set the tone of what canadian culture should look like and what can look like moving forward right so i would be very happy and give a big shout out to the group that is going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to get broken at some point. I mean, I would hope so, you know, but I think records are meant to be broken and for whomever listens to this, whatever, you know, uh, country, whatever sport that you're in, when you look at certain records, ask yourself, man, why can I not be at that level? And why can't I break that? Right. Never look at a record or something of a pinnacle. Never look at the mountain thinking that you can't climb it. Because when you look at the mountain thinking that you can't climb it, you'll never try hard enough to get to that peak. You'll always plateau at a certain point. But if you look at the mountain and say, you know what? One day I can get there. One day I think I can climb that mountain. Start there, right? But never look at something as thinking it is too out of reach for any person, right? If our record gets broken, good. It should. <laughs> My man, the game, like, let me tell you, like, you really a wonderful person, like, so inspiring. Now, like we're talking about Olympics, we're talking about games, but could you like tell me, was there any moment in your life like you felt like I don't want to get up, like I just lost my thing, I don't want to get up, like I, I want to quit. Was there any moment in your life and what you did to get past that? Are plenty of moments, man. Plenty, <laughs> plenty of moments. You know, I, I, I grew up tough, you know, I grew up rough, I grew up. Um, I've probably seen more things um, at a at the age of ten than most people in their sixties and seventies have seen, you know. But I've realized this in life: um, every experience that we go through, even if we don't understand it initially, serves a purpose down the road. But we often don't know what that purpose may be until we get through those storms, right? When I was homeless at thirteen, for example, my mom and I were staying at a bus stop right in the middle of winter time you know we came to canada for a better life and here we are looking like we took 70 steps backwards right and those were some dark times in my life you know um didn't know where our next meal was going to be didn't know where we were going to stay didn't know what that even looked like right and even the mentality of some of the things that i had to overcome to be able to continue thinking that you know, I am expecting of good things that I should have good things in my life, because sometimes when you're in a dark spot, all you can see is the dark spot and you can't see the light. And when all you can see is the dark spot, your thoughts, they become dark too, right? But in that moment, I realized and learned the power of gratitude, yeah. right? Even though that was such a dark time in my life, I was so grateful that I had my mom with me. I was so grateful that I had laces inside my shoes. I was so grateful that I had a, a winter jacket on. I was so grateful that the bus stop that we were staying at, right, had had uh, had four big glasses, right, and the door could close. You know what I'm saying? So even in those moments, 
I realized this. So a person who is in a dark spot, it's a tough situation. You don't know how you're going to get through it. And you're just frustrated, panicking, thinking, man, take a moment. And I mean, really take a moment and dig deep and say to yourself, what is one thing that I am grateful for today? Right? Just one thing. It doesn't matter how small it may be. Right? Because when you're in a dark spot, you have to shift your mindset in a way that allows you to think a positive thought. A positive thought can lead you to a positive action. Even if you only have one positive thought, that can be enough to help you get through that day. Yeah. Right? And once you can get up, right? If you're having a tough spot, you're in the bed and you're thinking, man, geez. I don't know how I'm going to get up today and finish through this day. Bills may be piling up, you know, pressure from here and there. It's like, man, if you wake up and you say, wow, I woke up in a bed today. Okay, that is something to help pick you up, right? If you wake up and you say, man, like I have, I woke up with clothes today. That is something to pick your feet up and get it on the ground, right? Gratitude is about momentum. Positive thoughts is about energy current. Right. Once you bring the momentum and you bring it with positive energy, man, that will help you. Right. Start with gratitude. So it helps your state of mind to think positive and that will lead to one positive action. Right. I never in my life try to try to build Rome all in one day. It doesn't work. Right. I try and move with the strength that I have for that day. I, I look at it like this, Harpreet, before we move on, man. Whether your phone is charged to 100% or 1%, it still works the same, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So as long as it doesn't die, it's still going to work the same. So as long as you have breath in your body, even if your situation isn't ideal, if you continue to show up, something good will happen. Because I'm telling you right now, every season has an expiration date. And you do not know when the season of, of hardship is turning its course, right? I have a saying from a song um, that I always say to myself uh, when I'm having a hard moment, man, it goes like this, you know, it's, it's, it's turning around for me, right? And I would repeat that. It's turning around for me. It's turning around for me. There are some things that I've been saying that same sentence for for four years now. It hasn't come yet, but I believe it's turning around for me in this area. Right. So that's 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 what I would say to that to that question, man. <laughs> oh. oh man, man. I also remember like you mentioned your book, like you were sharing your personal story. And that's why, like, let me tell you, like, I really love your book. And one of the reasons is that like you really shared your personal story. Like you you didn't try to hide anything, man. And there was one moment like in your childhood, you said your family couldn't afford to have food your family could afford to have a light in the house. And then you had a two-year-old brother who was asking, hey man, like why we don't have any lights? Man, how old were you like when you, when that happened? Um, so when, so I was in high school, so I was about uh, 15, 16. Um, you know, man, it's, 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 it was one of those positions where I didn't want him to grow up too early, like I had to. Yeah. Right, because I believe as as kids, a, a young child should have a childhood, right? And so for me, 
you know, in that moment, the exact story, the exact story you're talking about, you know, um, I knew the situation of what it was. I knew where the future was going. I knew that something was about to come. You see, when you are in and you find like so much friction coming your way, like so much pull, right? So much, so much chaos. Usually there's a breakthrough coming around the corner and this is the time when you have to hold on, right? So when he was saying, you know, why didn't we have lights? I switched the mindset of saying, oh man, this is just a game, right? This is just a game, right? And here's the game. Whoever turns the light on the first, that person loses the game, wow. right? So I turned it into a game, even though reality is, even if he turned on the light, we wouldn't have had any either, right? But I wanted him to still have that joyful presence of a child, right? Because I never really had that growing up. My path was a little bit different, right? But when you look at, when you look at the youth, the youth, you can find joy in them right? And it's so, it's a hard time for them right now, especially with the pandemic and all these other things. But the youth should always, and we must do our best as people to never allow them to lose that spirit of joy, right? Because joy is something you can take with you in good times and dark times. You can always have joy. And so for him in that situation, I wanted him to be a kid. Let's treat the situation like a game. Right. And so rather than tears coming down, it's laughter. It's laughter. Right. And so for me, man, that was kind of that whole situation behind that. I just wanted to trick him into thinking uh, that this whole thing was a game. So he didn't have to ask other questions like, man, why is our hot water off as well, too? Wow, man. And I understand that. Like, and I also agree that you wanted him to have childhood moments but you were child yourself brother at that time <laughs> even if you think that like you grew up fast but you were like absolutely 14, 16 years old brother. did you like were stronger or you look yourself stronger in front of me but what was that man? man my perspective my perspective shifted right you know from an early age i had always been asking myself questions like man what is the purpose of life right i was asking those questions early and so for me, my perspective shifted early because I had to endure some of the hardships. So my view on the world was a little bit different, right? You don't know, you don't know necessarily what age you are when life forced you to grow up early, oh, right? Yeah. So you may say, oh, this is a 15 year old person, but I may have been 15, but I felt like I had the mindset of someone who was 30, right? And I always, you know, people say it to me all the time, you know, Akeem, you have an old soul. And I'm like, what does that mean? You know I'm saying like, what does that mean? And so, but what that meant to me was the fact that I just viewed the world differently. My perspective was different, but there was a lot of things that I had to work out within myself. When you see things you shouldn't have seen early in your life, you develop certain things and certain barriers and you don't let people in. You know, I was at to a point where I didn't really trust people too, too much because everybody that said that they wanted to help me in this position, they would let me down or it would come in a sense of, man, I want something back from you down the road. So I never really let too many people in, right? Like um, my high school teacher who I spoke about earlier, you know, I didn't fully trust that man until I was, 
like 17, 18, and I met him when I was 15. <laughs> but I saw that he was consistent because I knew that he cared about Akeem the person and not Akeem the athlete, right? Mm. Because most people treated that as two different people, even though they're both one and the same, it's the same person. So man, everything that I went through and go through, it took me a while to be able to fully um, adjust my mindset and my frame and realize that, you know, I can't go through life uh, by myself. Man, dude, man, dude. Man, let me tell you, like, there was a moment when I was reading your book and let me share with the audience as well. Your book name is Love, Life and Legacy. And in one chapter, you were talking about legacy and you are living that now. And whole journey is legacy. Like, could you share, man, what is legacy and why it matters for sports person or even for a regular person? Yeah, man. You know, so, you know, uh, well, I'm glad you liked the first book because, you know, when I wrote that book, man, um, it was a fight in so many different ways. Um, and when I wrote it, that was my perspective on the world from a 20 year old kid, right? Um, when I think about legacy, man, as I've grown to this point in my life, man, uh, legacy is leaving a spirit that is bigger than yourself for people coming behind you, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, I may not achieve every single thing that I set out to do. I may not reach that mountaintop that I believe that I can reach. God may have something else in store for me. However, everything that I've learned and everything that I've been able to overcome, everything that got me to this point, there is going to be someone behind me who said, man, if Akeem got there and, you know, he had learning disabilities and he was homeless and, you know, he still found a way to get to this point. Yeah. If if, if, if he got there, I just think I can get there too. Because I believe this, man. When I think about legacy, man, I think hope needs to do two things. Hope needs to be shown and hope needs to be seen. Legacy is doing just that. And so I hope that when God says, Akeem, it's your time to come to me, that the legacy that I left behind was a progressive one. I'm never going to tell anybody something that I haven't lived. I'm never going to say someone, tell someone, oh, everything is going to be okay. It's going to be, no, no, no. I'm going to give it to you honestly. I'm going to say this, the situation this is how we're going to get out of it. I'm not going to give you fluff. I'm going to give you experiences. I'm going to give you information. I'm going to do everything in my power to help you if you ask for help, right? There is a reason why the legacy of, of Gandhi, of Martin Luther King, of Mother Teresa, and these people who have came before us, when we mention their name, their presence and their spirit is talking as if they're right here sitting beside us. That is a legacy that they found a way to serve that is bigger than themselves. So that became a spirit, right? It's the spirit of Gandhi. It's the spirit of MLK and the spirit of Malcolm X. It's the spirit of a person that lives long after when we're gone. That to me, Harpreet, that is legacy. And that is what legacy means to me at this stage in my life, a presence and a spirit that impacts the world long after than what we're, when we're gone from here. 
bad, my bad. Uh, you think like, is it a burden itself in your on yourself to build a <laughs> legacy like that? You think that, or you think no? Like I'm just gonna do what I just do. You know, man. Uh, 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 the Bible says, uh, "Many are called, few are chosen." Man, and it's. Um, I believe we're all called here for a purpose, and a lot of people don't know what that what that purpose is. But for those listening, what that means to me, a quick hint: we are all called here to serve in the capacity that is authentic to us, to our values, to our morals. And so, man, I think I think there is always pressure, right? Because when you are trying to do things the right way and not compromise who you are, mm-hmm. you know, scripture, all, scripture also says, be in the world, but not of the world, right? Many people, man, they may get to a certain level of success, but lose themselves along the way, right? And I don't want that, right? And I think the journey of a man and a woman is being able to get to a certain point. And you can say, you know what? I am who I say I am, right? And I don't know what God has in stores for me. I don't know where he's going to bring me, where he's going to put me, you know, but wherever it is that I go, I want to make sure that I do more right by people than do wrong by them. Mm -hmm. And so the pressure of that, man, you know, it really just comes from me. Um, I have high expectations. I'm very People may think that I'm patient, but I'm actually very impatient. <laughs> you know, I want things at a certain time. And so it's always a challenge to make sure that I'm, that I'm staying in the moment and saying, you know what, not my timing, Lord, when your will calls, your will will be done. And just to make sure that, uh, that, that, that I am giving myself a little grace period as well, too. Because we are, we are our toughest critic, man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, like man. I'm so much grateful. Like we had this conversation. So much. Th- I really want like thank you, man. Like for coming on the show. Could you like tell me what's your future like? What what's your future plan? Or what are you thinking to do now, man? Man, so you know, since I retired from sport in 2017, you know, I've been I've been speaking. I had been speaking since I was 20 years old, right? Most people think that I just retired and came into speaking, but no, I was cultivating my message, you know, five years before I retired from sport, you know, so, you know, I think sometimes when we have our plans, you know, we put a cap on it, right, because sometimes God has something way bigger in stores for you, right, mm-hmm. and it's, and it surprises you, you're like, I want to be here in, in three years, and here, and here, man, so, you know, I think, I think, you know, we got to get outside of the notion of thinking that we have to be at a certain point at a certain time. Mm-hmm. We don't know when we're going to get there, but how we get there is just as important, right? So for me, you know, I, I, with the pandemic, you know, I had a bunch of speaking engagements moved, you know, traveling from here and here to speak, you know, so in the next, in the next years, man, I'm just going to continue to serve with my voice and remind people that hope is here. You just got to know where to look, man. So that's, uh, that's where I plan on aiming and wherever God wants to put me, that's on him. Um, but I'm going to continue to serve. My brother, like, thank you so much for serving and thank you so much for helping us. Again, last thing, brother, could you please tell us, tell the viewers, the audience, what's the best way to reach out to you on the internet, man? 
Yeah, so on all social media, it's at Underdog AKH. Um, I have a podcast, which is Unscripted with Akeem Haynes, the website, www at akeeminspires.com, man. And, and, you know, if you type in Akeem Haynes, hopefully it pops up. <laughs> no, it, you know, like when you type Akeem, Akeem Haynes, your book also pops up like on the front page. So Oh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, that, that's why, like, I feel like that's what you're talking about, about the legacy. <laughs> you are leaving your presence behind, man. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me as well, man. And, you know, I think, I think, Harpreet, I think, man, you, you, you are a leader, man. You are giving hope and inspiration to so many people. And you're choosing to do that, Right. Many people choose to do different things, but you are choosing to serve. And just know, man, sometimes you won't always see it at the beginning and you won't always feel appreciated, man, but God always sees what you are doing and he's going to continue to put you amongst many people, man. So I have a big appreciation for what you're doing, man. That's why when you reached out, I was like, man, we just got to make it happen because there's a presence in the spirit about you. And man, I'm excited to see how God is going to use you moving forward, man. So it was an absolute pleasure to be on here, man. You asked some great questions. <laughs> Thank you so much. Like your verse really meant a lot for me, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Akeem. My brother, we'll talk soon, man. Let's stay in touch. Yeah, stay in touch, man. Take care, man.